0: It's time, it's time, it's time, it's time to sparkle. Sparkle.
1: Greetings, citizens of Sparkletown. This is your deputy mayor speaking. Sparkletown is a municipality that intersects and overlaps with the city of Berlin. This is the first episode of Season 4. Yes, we do seasons a bit like they do in the UK. It could be twice a year sometimes. But today we are speaking to Starfruit Powerhouse.
2: Through my feminism, I don't only fight for women or only for myself. I see that as a platform to fight for a lot of rights.
1: Welcome to Season 4.
2: Yay!
1: Yes. Season four, episode one, and if you've been paying attention before, that means that the sound is better, and there is a very simple reason why the sound is better on this particular recording. It's because
0: she was here yeah. in the house. Uh,
1: and it was I also
0: see a person.
1: Way, way. This was also a long time ago. Exactly. <laughs> So we will go back in time for this particular one, but uh, from episode two, we will actually have in-person interviews in the room um, for uh, the next couple of episodes. Yes. So.
0: I'm excited.
1: And uh, yes, it's going to be uh, some really good ones. We're going to get a drag power couple in two separate episodes. Yeah. And we're going to get one drag power person in two separate in two episodes. two separate episodes. <laughs> episodes. Yes. <laughs> so that's what you have to look forward to. No more details because as yet. it's
0: all about power this time, I tell you. Because today, this one right now is a powerful woman.
1: Well, yeah, she's powerhouse. Yes, she is.
0: Hello, who's with me today?
2: Hi, I'm Starfruit Powerhouse. Oh, I'm so excited. How did you get that name? Good question. I was starting to perform, and I wasn't sure uh, what the name would be. After a while, I thought I decided. I played with—first, I decided that the last name would be Powerhouse. I really wanted something with the word power in it, and I also wanted later to be able to play with Um, the House of Power as my drag house. Um, And I am a powerhouse, so I wanted to reflect that in the name. I wasn't sure what the first name would be. Uh, I was playing with Passion Fruit for a while, and then also Star Fruit. And then a friend of mine, Star Fruit just felt nicer. And a friend of mine pointed out, like, a Star Fruit, if you cut it different ways, it looks very different. Um, and he said that that was a good reflection of me. And after a while, I just I had the name Starfruit Powerhouse. I let it sit, tried to feel what it felt like. And it just felt super right. Now when I tell people that I already know what my drag name is, they just say, yes, of course, of course it is. Um, and then once I had decided i Did a double check with my tarot cards to see if they said, like, no or yes. And the first card that I pulled is a bush with little stars as fruits. The second card was the star card. And the third card was the magician, which is the powerhouse of the tarot. So the answer was pretty clear. I probably would have chosen that name anyway, but I think the stars aligned and validation it was
0: from the tarot cards. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. And where are you from originally?
2: I grew up in Norway. I lived for a while in California in the US, and I've been in Berlin for 3 years. So I'm from all of those places, <laughs> but I grew up in Norway. What brought you to Berlin? Um I was done at university, and I wanted to move away from the U.S., and I needed to find somewhere to go. I wasn't ready to go back to Norway, and I wasn't ready to stay in the U.S. either. So Berlin felt like a good halfway point between California and Europe. It's also a place where it was easy for me to get a job. I have a day job as a software developer and a job in English as well in a cool city with uh, a lot of people but it was pretty random and it was only later that i found out it was a good fit
0: hey how long have you been performing are, are you a child performer
2: yeah i think i'm a baby <laughs> performer maybe getting into the toddler age um i've been performing s- for 10 months maybe were you ever on a stage as a kid Uh, As a kid, yes, but after I stopped being a kid, no. As a teenager, I was really shy. Um, As a kid, I was on stage all the time. I always wanted to be in school productions. Me and my best friend were in all of the little plays that we had. uh, And then I went away from it. And I had a lot of issues with public speaking and nerves and being on stage and group attention um, that I've been working on for a long time. And the last few years, I made a lot of progress and I really wanted to perform I felt like there were a lot of important things to say or things that I wanted to say and I also think it's super fun it was a really fun challenge to learn how to to work the stage and manage an audience I'm still learning but (laughs) facing an audience is hard Mm
0: -hmm. it's hard enough sitting here facing one person (laughs) (laughs) what brought you to work with The Other Lab.
2: Right. Yeah. I've been performing at The Other Lab almost exclusively. I went there to see a friend perform at, I think, the second ever Other Lab. She did this lecture performance where she just had some slides, like a presentation about why she became a feminist. And she should have went up and talked about why she became a feminist and what her journey had been like. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't know you could just go up and talk about whatever you want. Like I can totally do that. I have so much to say. And then she connected me with Marquis de Chada, who runs the other lab. And I had uh, something that I'd been working on that I thought would be a written piece. I'd been working on it for a while, a concept that I thought would be a written piece, but I'm not really a writer. So I wasn't sure how to get it out there. And then I saw this performance and I realized that it was a spoken stage performance. So I connected with the host of the other lab and then just went on stage and did it. First, I went and ordered a crown, <laughs> uh, which was very important, I <laughs> think. Oh, wait a minute. The
0: crown? That was on your first performance? I think I saw the first one. I I've always wear to the figure crown. Out. Oh, okay. You've always...
2: Yeah. I, okay. w- I wear the crown every time. But the crown is a funny story because... When we had decided that I would do it, but it wasn't determined when, mm-hmm. I went and un- ordered it. And then the time for it to deliver was really long, so I forgot about it. And it was shipped from outside the EU, so I had to deal with German customs. It got yes. stuck in customs. You never know when it's going to come out. So it was like, okay, it will come sometime in the future. I'll start performing. It's okay. It will show up when it's meant to show up. Totally forgot about it, and the day before the performance, I was in the office, I went to lunch, and I saw a package on the reception desk, and I was like, it's there. I'd forgotten about the crown for over a month. I was like, okay, there it is. Uh, And I went out to lunch. I couldn't stop thinking about it, but I knew that was it. I didn't want to fool myself into thinking it. I came back, and it had arrived just in time.
0: Ah! Oh, yes, we had to wait. The stage was needed to be ready first and mm-hmm. all the parts that <laughs> you're not one of the classic. OK, that was an incorrect way to say this. Not a drag queen as the world tends to think of a drag queen. We're not looking at six tons of makeup, three wigs, eight inch heels and um, two costume changes. What made you choose the more minimal version of your performance, artistic aesthetic
2: yeah I don't identify as a drag queen at all I do use the term drag to explain what I do to people who don't know much about it but I consider I'm a queen and what I do is related to drag but not directly drag and the reason for that I think has to do with the background that I'm coming from which is different from some other queens I was raised as a girl and performative femininity was forced on me Not really aggressively, but when I was growing up, there were a lot of expectations about how you look, how you wear makeup, that you wear makeup. And so for me, it was really important that when I come on stage, that's not really what it means for me to perform. Yeah, when I come on stage, I don't want it to be about the makeup. I want it to be about the content. I also don't want to be in a position where the only way to dress up is to get made up, to wear heels, to, like, have a huge cleavage, or I think all of those things are great and fun, and I like doing them. All of my performances, I've come straight from work. I've worked a full day in the office, like, telling computers what to do the whole day, and I also, I don't have time. But yeah, I do have a minimal aesthetic, uh, both because I think it's important for me, uh, because it's not really what I'm about, and because I'm coming from a different place where performative femininity was forced on me rather than taken away from me, which I think some other queens, that was something that was denied them. It's a different battle mm-hmm. for some
0: of the queens. Yeah. You, know. you do, however, use sparkles when you put your makeup on.
2: Mm-hmm. That part I always noticed. <laughs> yeah, I love glitter <laughs> and I, I love, you know, beauty and, I don't know, aesthetics and stuff like that. I also love makeup.
0: Oh, and here we sit today, neither one of us with makeup on.
2: Yeah, I don't wear makeup uh, daily or regularly but I like it for special occasions. I don't want it to be an expectation, and I think it's a shame that for a lot of people in the world it is, both for drag queens and for other people. Mm. I think you should be able to be a queen, to be a woman, to be trans-feminine, to be anything you want, and there shouldn't be any rules about like what that means and what you need to look like, what you need to do for that to be the case. And, yeah, it's also a matter of time, laziness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: There's no three hours between getting off of work and getting on a stage. (laughs) Oh, boy.
2: What has performing taught you about yourself? I think performing has been super interesting and really rewarding. It has taught me, and this whole year in general has taught me that And can do a lot of stuff. Like, I've done a lot of things that I never expected to be able to do. I never expected to be able to stand on the stage and be able to do a whole performance. Even one year ago, a few months before I started performing, that that would have been out of the question if someone had told me that that would happen. And now I look back at the year and all the things that I've done, and a lot of them seem unbelievable or kind of amazing to me because they're really new. And then... In terms of the content, the performances have been like therapeutic, I would say, or restorative in that I've been able to let go of a lot of things through my performances and also through other people's reactions. Yeah, I've done a few performances. The first one I did was about my life as a straight woman before I came out. And the second one was about my life as a queer woman after I came out. The third one is about time and space. The fourth one, my favorite one, was about grandmas. And the fifth one was about magic. And I think I've learned a lot about my thoughts on all those topics. We're sitting
0: here discussing a lot of things about feminism, Mm -hmm. about women having some control over themselves and what happens in the world around them. Is that where your social issue lies, or do you have others that are more pressing for you?
2: I think feminism is definitely my biggest social issue that I work on and that I care about, but I see that as connected. Through my feminism, I don't o- only fight for women or only for myself. I I see that as a platform to fight for a lot of rights, and an important part of intersectional feminism, at least, is to consider a lot of different dimensions. Uh, but yeah, I would say that's my biggest social issue, also because of my work. You know, I work with a lot of men, and I work in a particular kind of environment where it's impossible to get away from from those topics, and gender and also a binary version of gender becomes a big topic of my day-to-day life.
0: Oh, boy, are you in the middle of the patriarchy at Mm -hmm, work, aren't you? Definitely. What do we say to these younger, okay, I was about to say girls. It's not necessarily just the girls. Mm -hmm. Younger folks that are coming up and saying, I have at least a feminine side of me that needs to come and be seen. Or I have to face a bunch of non-feminine people on a regular basis. What do we say to them in order to let them find out how to pull that power? What do we tell the youngsters who are searching for their own strength in feminine self when they are faced with the world at large, with its binary patriarchy, and you must be this way? How do we help?
2: I don't know if there's much that we can say. Uh, In my experience, people become comfortable exploring new sides of themselves when they see other people living unapologetically and living authentically and living as their true selves and not really giving a fuck. So I don't know if words will help. I think words can add to it and we can tell people don't listen to those messages or ask questions like, what do you actually mean by that? Or are you sure you mean to say girls? What other
0: performance venues interest you at this point? You've been on the other labs stage. Mm Mm-hmm. Almost exclusively.
2: Yes. I also did a a residency at Sounds where I did glitter makeovers as part of the Upgrade Your Look Salon, which was super fun for uh, all of September. When is that coming back? I missed it. (laughs) Uh, Well, the party, actually, whoever wants to can hire me to do glitter makeovers at their parties. Oh actually so which will get whenever someone part, contacts me how do we contact starfruit <laughs> to book
0: to get some glitter makeovers for a party or to ask for a performance how do we reach you
2: yeah right now uh i have a facebook page and you can find all my info there excellent it's called starfruit powerhouse and i think the url is starfruit powerhouse berlin and I'm I'm going to set up also an email that people can email, but I'll add that there. But for now, it's a Facebook page to contact me.
0: As you consider this, is there a, any type of performance request that you're going to cite? no, not for me?
2: I I think I would be excited by any kind of request. I don't know beforehand what I would say no to. I'll probably say no to some things. But I would love for people to ask me to do new stuff. I'm looking to branch out and I'm looking to try some new events. I also want to try putting together my own event, like a whole night show or a full-length show. I think I'm more interested in things that are more about talking Less about entertainment. So far, I haven't really done much like dancing, singing, lip syncing, and more of that stuff, like shows. So I would be really excited by, you know, more discussion, more talking, maybe some fun concepts, improv... Okay, have festival
0: it, yeah. organizers, when you're looking to put together your panels, <laughs> I may have someone to put on a panel for you. What other things are concerning to you as a performer, as someone who is here in Berlin, living on a regular basis, and going to some of these shows? I've seen you all over town.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love going to shows. What What are
0: What are the things that you see that you say, okay, we need to put a stop to this? Is there anything that, that hits you and going, Ugh that has to stop.
2: Yeah, I think sometimes the audience is not the most supportive of the performers, and I mean that in some specific ways. I think generally all the audiences are really great and people really show up and are really supportive and positive, but there's a lot of talking over the performances. I see that actually as the biggest issue right now. I think it really ruins things for Everyone else in the audience, it really throws the performers off and it kind of gets the energy of the event a little bit off. I think it like really depends on the night how to what extent that happens. I think that's something that I've noticed. I've noticed that
0: in the smaller locations, it's easier to keep their attention because the slightest little whisper and you'll have half the crowd going, Hush! yeah, but in the bigger locations or the more spread out ones, that corner's talking, this group over here has decided something has to be done about the drinks right now
2: Mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's totally understandable i've probably done it myself uh i also see sometimes it's the other performers that are like warming up for their performances or like so it's natural stuff it's also just because of the way the bar is laid out or the way that the space works and people come to hang out with their friends you know they want to chat but yeah i think i wish that there was a little bit more quiet at least during the performance six times a night In five-minute bursts,
0: you can keep your mouth shut and watch the show.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And why did you even, you know, you were there to see the show. You paid to get in. I'm also like, you're ruining ruining your experience. (laughs) Indeed.
0: Seriously, though, thank you. Thank you for the spoken word pieces. Thank you for sharing parts of yourself. Because when you get on that stage, you're bearing your soul.
2: Yeah, exactly. Thank Thanks so much for this podcast. This has been so much fun. And exactly, I'm all about speaking truth to continue doing that.
0: This is one of the most soft spoken people you are ever going to meet, but strong. She has faced an awful lot. Now, this was recorded, what, a year and a half ago now?
1: No, I think a year.
0: A year, only yeah, a year. only a year. It is possible. Now, Starfruit went on to start her own queer comedy show, Standing Out, over at the Cake Club. But now, she's in early retirement on the Scandinavian Riviera. <laughs> that is true. We are yes. saying goodbye. Berlin is waving goodbye to Starfruit Powerhouse.
1: Sad face. So, we are posting this way too late.
0: Way too... There's a lot of reasons why this waited... But we're good now.
1: Yes, we are caught up. It was a little bit short. So? Well, I'm just saying. It was a little bit short uh, for our shows. But that's fine. It's a little bit of a slow start into season four. It will get longer eventually. Oh will
0: it get longer? That's why one of the power ones that's coming up has to have two
1: episodes of their own. Right. So I'm really going to uh, do my best to let these um, shows be up and edited so that they're up once a week. In the, four, in the next couple of days
0: we'll give it a shot we've got a lot of things happening ourselves yeah,
1: as long as no big job uh, tumbles in that uh, we need to make money then um, I, I'm counting on every Monday for the next couple of weeks okay all right that's the plan Just
0: gonna try to hold you to it
1: we'll see if the plan uh, succeeds you are now departing Sparkle Town Je vous de, de vous le Sparkle t- I don't know, I don't speak French Anyway, be careful out there It is a, a scarier world than it has been For a very, very long time Wear your mask um, Not just for your own good But wash your hands for your own good If nothing else But you know, wear a mask Just It's called being considerate to other people It's that simple Nobody's like, oh I'm wearing a mask I'm going to be fine No, no, no It's about society.